It's time for The Rush with Butkus Award winner Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Got an opinion? You can call the show on the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Sound off on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, it's time for The Rush with Butkus Award winner Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. is back. Hour number two. Teddy Lemon here. Parker Thune. Hanging out the front row. Sports Bar Newcastle Casino. I-44 exit 107. Happy hour is here. Every day three to six here at the front row sports bar. Uh, drink specials going on. Uh, really good stuff. Always have a lot of fun promotions here at Newcastle Casino. Uh, excellent, excellent place to come hang out. Um, Parker, I love it. it. It's just, it's kind of the gift that keeps on giving. Um, another 24-7 sports article. And, you know, I do understand that you've got to keep the content coming. Uh, you got to offer up something every day to the content gods, um, <laughs> lest they be upset. College football's 10 boldest predictions for the 2022 season. Oh, boy. Love it. Uh, NC State ends Clemson streak, bold prediction. Houston enters November unbeaten. Utah wins the Pac-12, reaches college football playoff. Michigan State, fourth in the Big Ten East. Okay, here's where we start to get to the juicy stuff. <laughs> I can't wait to hear because, this. Because, you know, Oklahoma, and I'm not – they could be totally, totally correct – Right with with some of the uh, boldest predictions, but you know I notice nonstop how the bold predictions and the top ten lists are always on one side. Whenever it comes to Oklahoma, right? There's always one side that they fall on, and it's either not represented in a top list or definitely represented in. Stuff that could go wrong list. Um, Scott Frost, bold prediction. Nebraska beats Oklahoma during a 5-0 and start for the season. Hey, may or may not happen. Um, I, I, I think it's going to be a good football game, at least for a portion of it. I do think our offense is going to overwhelm them at some point. But um, it's just it, it's very consistent. We always end up on one side of this thing, Parker. Uh, we move on. Lincoln Riley makes the biggest first-year splash. Okay? Um, so, you know, the guy that left Oklahoma is going to make a massive splash uh, whenever it comes to their first year at a, at a university. Venables doesn't make the biggest first-year splash because, you know, that would just be impossible. He's at Oklahoma. How could that be? He places a bunch of deadbeats. Uh, and what was it? Uh, hillbillies, according to Callahan. Um, the next one I saw that was interesting. Texas wins the first Big 12 title since 2009. Um, there you go. Hey, um, 
bold predictions, I understand, but I just, it, it's amazing to me. It's always so one-sided. Always. Without a doubt. Unless I'm, am I missing something? I, I, we do this every year with Texas, so I'm not surprised to hear the take that Texas is going to win their first Big 12 title since 2009. I feel like, not quite to the same degree, but it feels like we do the same thing every year with Nebraska, too. Don't we? I mean, there were people picking Nebraska to win the Big 10 West in 2019 after they went 4-8 in Scott Frost's first year there. Needless to say, Nebraska did not win the Big 10 West, did not come anywhere close to winning the Big 10 West, but it seems like every single year, regardless of how bad Nebraska has been the year previous or the several years previous, somebody nationally is going to predict them to do something, win some game, accrue some level of success that just isn't realistic when you look at what kind of team they're fielding and what kind of coaching staff they have at their disposal as well. I do not expect Nebraska is going to start 5-0. and I think there's – like that, that suggestion, that is out there. That is legitimately bold. A lot, of, a lot of times people say, well, the bold prediction, um, Clemson doesn't win the ACC. That's not really bold. It is bold to say Nebraska is going to start 5-0 and because if they do that, man, mad props to Scott Frost. Extend that man. And that, at that point, honestly, Casey Thompson's probably in the Heisman running because that is a very tall task for that program to win its first five games of the season. Well... It's a very tall task to win their first five games of the season. But I don't think it's that tall of a task for them to be four and one. No, I think that's I, I don't expect that, but that's attainable. I mean they got Northwestern, North Dakota, Georgia Southern, OU, and then Indiana. I so I'll say this much, Teddy. I have seen Nebraska drop some pretty stunning non-conference <laughs> games in years past. I have oh, seen them lose it. to Troy. I, I have seen them lose to Northern Illinois. I have seen them lose some games that are just completely inexplicable. I tell you what, that Georgia Southern well, maybe, game is not going to be a game. I think that's why he has them going 5-0 and to start and not 6-0 and uh, because they can't beat Rutgers. They can beat Oklahoma but they're not going to be able to beat Rutgers to go 6-0. and Dude, that Georgia State game is not going to be a gimme. Georgia oh, Southern is yeah, going to be a football team that's capable of beating Nebraska. we got some athletes. Um, I, I'm just, you know, if you want to bowl, like, Texas wins the, the Big 12 for the first time since 2009. Yeah, that's a bold prediction um, because they suck. But the only reason you put that in there is to get Texas's name in your article. Like a bold prediction would be like that Baylor wins their first back-to-back Big Twelve championships ever, right? I mean, that's that's a that, that is something that legitimately has the the chance to happen, but would be unbelievable if they're able to uh, to pull that that feat off. Or I don't know, maybe a, a Big Twelve bold prediction is that. Adrian Martinez has his best year ever as a quarterback at Kansas State. 
Because I definitely think that there's a, a good chance that that happens. So, I mean, just because it's a bold prediction doesn't mean it has to be something that is, you know, borderline impossible and you're only doing it to get that fan base to click on your article because the name is in it, you know? Just frustrating. Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, one listener asks, where's Tyler? Tyler is on vacation this week. He will be back on Monday. Don't you worry. You only have to put up with me for another day and a half here on The Rush. You will have your I don't regular... even know where he's – do you know where he went to on vacation? I don't know where he went, no. Huh. How about that? Just uh, just vanished on us for a week. I, hey, I don't blame him. Uh, Get some of that good quality vacation time in while you can. Yeah, you know, Tyler did say, look, when I go on vacation, I'm going to shut everything off and check out. Like, more power to you, man. That's how vacations should be. That's what uh, I do. <laughs> another texter points out, Adrian Martinez was third in the preseason Heisman odds in 2019. Yeah, the Nebraska hype was off the charts that offseason. And I remember because I was interning at that point up in Omaha at the TV station in that market, the ABC affiliate in that market, and uh, was at was at the station during the time that Big Ten media days were taking place. And, yeah, man, I, I remember just how lofty those expectations were and how completely unrealistic it was for Nebraska to live up to those expectations because when you looked at that roster, you knew they weren't making any semblance of a run. Uh, okay, question, and I know my answer, Teddy. I want to hear your answer. One of our listeners from the 918 asks, would you rather have Casey Thompson or Dylan Gabriel? Dylan Gabriel. Uh, and and here's, here's what I can say as well. I think we know which quarterback the OU staff would rather have because, believe me, if they'd wanted Casey Thompson out of the transfer portal, Casey Thompson would have been in Norman, Oklahoma. Right. Yeah. Um, now, I don't. I don't. I don't say that. I think. I think Casey Thompson's a. I mean, he's a fine quarterback. He had a, a heck of a game against Oklahoma last year and somehow lost the thing. But yeah, Dylan Gabriel. Um, I think in year one, putting in an offense, and you know, it's. It's been pretty demanding the install that they've put these guys through. It's going to be a very demanding offense on on the Oklahoma players. I think the the ability to have a guy that has run the system before at the helm, I think that is just invaluable. I, to have a, another guy that's got limited starting experience, played well in a handful of games, but you know hasn't played a whole heck of a lot of football, and is learning a new system, no, give me the guy that's played in the system. Uh, and I, I think that he's skill-wise, I would, I would say that I would still probably take him anyways. Never forget that Dylan Gabriel was a UCLA Bruin for about a week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by yep. the way, Jimmy in Tulsa knows something that we don't know. He texted in to say, boys, Tyler went to Maui. So there you go. Woo! Apparently Tyler's in Maui. Yeah, I got the text from uh, Drake Dyken as well. Uh, Maui, I'll tell you what. Um, that means he's probably awesome. like just waking up right now too. 
probably just waking up right now and probably not going to be able to afford another vacation for the rest of his life. <laughs> Is going to Hawaii that expensive? Have you made that trip before? I have never made that trip. I guess, frankly, I've never priced it out. It can't be more expensive than a trip to Disney World. There's no chance. Well, yes, anyone who was listening on Monday knows that much. Right. I think the flights are expensive, um, which stands to reason. And I I don't know. I, I've just always heard it's super, super expensive, but I don't know. Another listener, like I said, another yeah, listener can't be worse than to Disney. say, I need to apologize to Teddy. I just Googled most quoted comedies of all time. And Caddyshack was listed as the number one quoted comedy movie. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I wonder. Uh, I made that statement the other day and was quickly uh, hammered that it wasn't even in the top ten. Is it, that, is, is it the same texture? Uh, huh, interesting. Yes, it is. It is actually the same texture. <laughs> the same one that said the other day, hate to burst Teddy's bubble. But after a quick <laughs> Internet search, Caddyshack didn't make the top ten. I like that he spent a couple of days marinating on it and thought, you know, in fairness, maybe I should slim down the genre and uh, put it in as a comedy movie and and retry this thing. I like that. Thanks for the attention to detail there. Okay. Uh, one more question before we get to our first break of the hour, Teddy. A listener from the 580 wants to know, who is the best defensive player you have ever had as a teammate? I figure I know what the answer is going to be, but I want to give you the floor for this one. Best defensive player I've ever had as a teammate. Um, well, collegiately, Roy Williams. Yep. Um, you know, he, he just his explosiveness, his um, instincts for the football and for what was going to happen, to be able to play inside and outside of the frame of the defense, uh, amazing tackler, amazing blitzer, timing, just confidence, checked all of the boxes, 100%. Um, Rocky Kalmus, very close second. Uh, Torrance Marshall's on there too. Tommy Harris, Dan Cody, uh Derek Strait. <laughs> I could just go down the list, man. Defensively, so many guys. Um, in the NFL, it was a little bit different. Um, I don't know. He had a he had a pretty short run, but there was a time in the NFL when Sean Rogers, uh, who I played with in Detroit, was absolutely unblockable. Just could not block the guy. Uh, blocking field goals, extra points, just completely destroying the uh, offensive line, just leaving a wake of, of O-linemen behind him as he got to the quarterback or got into the backfield. Um, that, that's, that guy was probably, he's the most dominant I've ever seen at any one position whenever he just flipped the switch and went. I, there, there was just absolutely nothing you could do to stop him. But being, you know, 385 pounds, he had to pick his moments. <laughs> you know, you couldn't just uh, couldn't do one. that 70 times a game. Right. Yeah. 
So in the NFL, I'd probably say Sean Rogers. But, you know, I did spend some time with um, uh, Derek Brooks in Tampa Bay. He was amazing. Um, Rondé Barber was the nickel in Tampa at that time. He was a, I mean, he was a super smart, super instinctive guy. Um, no, there's there's been a handful of good players kind of throughout, yeah. So, I, some, somebody, somebody said on the text line, I figured Teddy would bring up Tommy Harris at some point. Yeah, I said Tommy. I said Tommy. You know, the the thing is, with defensive line, it's, it's kind of way more condensed, you know, uh, especially as the – the passing era really started to develop. You know, it's kind of it's kind of hard to have as big of an impact on a game like single-handedly. Now, if you have a dominant defensive line that impacts the game with play calling and you know just how teams can run on you, but as an individual player, like Roy Williams was able to have an impact on on run game, pass game, in coverage, in blitzing was an unbelievable special teams player that doesn't get talked about as uh, enough. So but Tommy's definitely up there on the list, though, there's no doubt, especially if, if you just want to talk about some of the uh, the most athletic, just freaks, guys that are, you know, whenever you go to the college football at the Division One level, the high-end Division One level, you're in the very, very small percentage of athletic uh, you know, outliers. Whenever you go to the NFL, you've gotten to an even smaller list. And whenever you're one of the guys that is a, a freak at that level, which Tommy was, you're talking about just a, a very, very, very low percentage of humans that can do the things that, that guys like him could do. No doubt. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Keep the text coming. I'm hanging out at Newcastle Casino today. I-44, exit 107. Opinions. You've got them. We want to hear them. Sound off 24-7, 365 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. We're keeping it rolling here on The Rush. Parker Thune, Teddy Lehman. I'm in studio. The Brown O'Haver Studios. Teddy's out at Newcastle Casino. New commitment for the Sooners last night, one we had actually touched on yesterday on this show, four-star running back Caleb Hicks out of Denton Ryan High School down in Texas. After an official visit this past weekend to Oklahoma, locks it in with the Sooners. And this one's notable, Teddy, not just because Caleb Hicks is an excellent football player, and he is, but because his teammate is one Anthony Hill, the five-star linebacker, the number one overall linebacker in this recruiting class. You know, it's interesting. Denton Ryan, one of those powerhouse high schools on the Texas prep scene, and a school that Oklahoma had struggled to build inroads into over the last few years. What really hey. what really built the bridge, if you can believe this, was Jada Coleman. Because huh. after Jada Coleman committed, she, of course, at the time, was dating, was dating Billy Bowman, still is, Billy Bowman was committed to Texas with the knowledge that Jada Coleman was committed to play softball for Patty Gasso at Oklahoma. 
the Oklahoma staff decided to extend a scholarship offer to Billy Bowman, who had at that point been committed to Texas for over a year. And soon enough, Billy Bowman had flipped, was on his way to Norman. Girlfriends are undefeated in recruiting, Teddy. Crazy. There you go. Yes. Patty Gasso, multi-sport impact. Wow. Um, a couple of things. How can you have a a four-star high-level running back and a five-star number one linebacker in the country in high school and not win every single game by a massive amount? Well, do sh- they? Are they like state champions every year? Well, they they won the state championship a couple years back, I do believe. The short answer is that Texas high school football is freaking loaded, Teddy. I mean, yeah. you go you go right down the road. Denton Ryan is like 10 minutes from Denton Geyer. Denton Geyer has Jackson Arnold, the Sooners' five-star quarterback commit, as well as high four-star safety Peyton Bowen, the number 51 overall player in the country, whom the Sooners are working fervently to flip from Notre Dame. Good point. Now, question. What was the name of the kid? Um, he, He was considered an athlete out of high school was a denton kid went to alabama then went in the transfer portal yes drew sanders is who you're thinking what, of what high school was was he he was ryan a ryan. or guyer he was ryan. A ryan yep wow so he was gonna be the sooners in he was gonna be the first ryan kid to go to oklahoma and he was committed to ou for darn near two years if not more that's like a receiver right uh to play tight end tight yes. end yeah and I remember the, you know, um, Odom, the last linebacker coach, that kid was in here at one point, and I went and, and I had conversation with, uh, with with his family and him and, and linebacker coach, just kind of how you doing type of stuff. And it, I couldn't, and I didn't ever get, or I, I don't really remember now what the background was with, was he wanting to play offense? Drew Sanders you're talking about? Yeah. He was wanting to play defense, actually. Right. Yeah. And what were we not doing that? Because I know the linebacker coach wanted him on defense bad. Uh, so, I don't, I don't know. That was interesting. And didn't we have a shot at him whenever he hit the transfer portal? Where did he end up going? Did he go to Arkansas? He went to Arkansas. It was OU yeah. and Arkansas. Those were his final two, and he ended up choosing Sam Pittman over Brent Venables in Oklahoma. That's interesting. Two times uh, opportunity to Oklahoma and couldn't get him in. Big kid, uh, good-looking athlete. Um, yeah, it was interesting because I was wondering, when you said we have had haven't had very very much success in that high school, uh, that, that's the first guy I thought of. So, yeah, that's big time. And so are those two, Caleb Hicks and Anthony Hill, are they, are they pretty tight? They are tight, and it's not to the point where you would necessarily consider it a package deal, but right. with the Sooners already trending very well in Anthony Hill's recruitment and that battle looking more and more like it's a two-horse race between Oklahoma and Texas A&M, you'll take every little leg up over the competition that you can get. Yeah, that's uh, that's good. Yeah, the Anthony Hill kid, he looks – and I've, I've never seen any football, but – I feel like I've seen people in my timeline like 
retweet some weight room stuff from him before. He's he is a strong dude now, especially for a high school kid. For anyone, he's uh, he's strong. So, fingers crossed on that deal. Well, that would be big, huh? That's nice. So, uh, Oklahoma moves, what were we, 30 before that? Moved up to 27, is that right? Yeah, I think it was like 35, actually. 35 35. up to 27, and with a couple high-profile targets getting ready to make their decisions here in the next few weeks. uh, Definitely have the chance to rise even higher. I would expect, and I mentioned this yesterday on the VIP board at OUinsider.com, I think OU is going to have a top 15 class by the weekend after the 4th of July, and I think they're going to have a top 10 class by the end of July based on uh, the way things are trending in general for them with several of these high-end targets. Uh, On a related note, a listener from the 951, I don't even know where the the 951 area code is, but one of our listeners texted in to ask about the lone Denton Ryan product currently on the roster at Oklahoma and said, Teddy, what are your expectations and or concerns for Billy Bowman heading into the season? Uh, California, by the way, 951. Okay. Um, I, I've got high expectations for Bowman. He is – he's undersized. But, and I've always said this about guys that are undersized. I don't mind players that are a little bit outside of the typical box of what you would put height and weight at a typical position. I don't mind as long as you have the athletic skills to make up for it. If you're going to be small, you better be really fast. And Bowman is really fast. He's incredibly fast, has great change of direction, and has some really good explosiveness. I don't know what his weight room numbers are, but he's an explosive, quick twitch type of guy. Uh, I think that I think he's got a high ceiling. I think, you know, at safety between he and Key Lawrence, we could have a, a pretty nice little uh, twosome there. And you know, I'll also say that I I don't know. I don't know that like if I had to pick it I'd probably want Billy Bowman playing cor- uh, uh, nickel but because of where you're at experience wise and and ability wise with some other positions I safety you need to have trusted safety play before you have anything else right so when in doubt you need someone that you trust more at safety, so that's that's why I like Bowman back there. But at some point, when some of these bigger, longer athletes get some experience, um, you know, gain the confidence of the coaching staff. I'm talking about a guy like Jordan Mukes. Then I think Billy Bowman's going to be back there. But I think that he's got the ability to maybe be a more dangerous weapon at a different position. But uh, nonetheless. Safety, I think he's going to be really good. And just like I was talking about yesterday, with our safeties, uh, in my opinion, going to have a a much cleaner-looking year because of the way we do our underneath coverage with our backers, I think he's going to be one of the guys that benefits from that. Clear lanes for tackling, uh, easier opportunities to make plays in the passing game uh, because quarterbacks are going to have to be 
more accurate with the football and throw into tighter windows, and that creates tips and and balls getting on a receiver before they expect it, and that's how you, you get turnovers at safety. Okay, a couple questions here uh, from a recruiting standpoint from the Air Comfort Solutions text line. When does PJ out of bar rate aside? Uh, I would expect that could, that decision could be made by the end of the month. That's Who's that? That's kind of imminent. Four-star edge rusher out of North Kansas City, six foot five, two hundred forty oh, yeah, 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 pounds, yeah. seven-one wingspan. Teddy, Woo! that man has some of the longest arms I've ever seen. So that's good. Uh, top one hundred player nationally. Parker, do we have a chance at Troy Bowles, four-star linebacker out of Tampa, Florida, son of Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach Todd Bowles? That one's a battle between Oklahoma and Georgia, is what it's looking like. I would give the inside track to Georgia right now, but yes, OU is in that one. Uh, as far as Dylan Edwards, had somebody ask about him. Uh, I actually expect him to stay home and play for Kansas State at this point. Flipped my crystal ball from OU to Kansas State last night. As a matter whoa, of fact, whoa, whoa, that's... whoa, whoa, whoa. Now, hang on a second. Okay. <laughs> you can't just say you flipped a crystal ball from Oklahoma to Kansas State and just move on from uh, that statement. It's, ah, you're going you're gonna to make me get into the nitty-gritty here, Teddy. I, uh, I, you don't have to tell me like exactly what went down. Okay, but you well, have no, to you know what? Give me it's, something. Yeah, it's okay. I'll t- I'll tell you exactly what went down. Um, the Sooners had two other running backs on campus at the Champion Barbecue, Dalen Smothers and Richard Young. That kind of rubbed Dylan Edwards the wrong way because he didn't feel like the priority, and so OU and his interest in OU has ebbed there. So with his very good friend, four-star quarterback Avery Johnson, looking like a heavy Kansas State lean, I expect he will stay home and play with the same program that his father played at under Brent Medibles back in the day. Okay, I, I have... Well, hang on a second. Think about that. Just think about that for a second. And, you know, maybe this turns out to be something that uh, really works out and is an amazing decision. But imagine turning down an opportunity to play at a place like Oklahoma and deciding to go to Kansas State because there were other recruits at the same position as you at an event. Isn't that that? I know he's young, and I know, like, whatever, but... That seems that seems like a bad way to make a decision to me. Yeah, I mean, look, that's just the way some of these things go, man. It's how the cookie crumbles sometimes. Everybody approaches the situation differently, and for Dylan Edwards, uh, man, okay. he, he wanted to feel like the priority, and he didn't feel as though he was Oklahoma's A one option. Which, I mean, look. Oklahoma had Richard freaking Young on campus. Obviously, Dylan wasn't the A1 option. The A1 option in everybody on everybody's running back board right now across the country is probably either Richard Young or Ruben Owens. So it is what it is. At this point, I think Dylan Edwards ends up at Kansas State. Nebraska's in that one as well. But Kansas right. State looks like where the safe money lies in the aftermath of the champion barbecue. Okay, Teddy, we need to hit a break here. But on the other side, I do want to ask you a question about another one of the defensive backs in Oklahoma's stable heading into the 2022 season. Because I know you just got on Billy Bowman, so I want to float a question to you about another guy that's going to occupy the same territory. In my best, uh, Bart Scott, can't wait. 
It is the rush. Parker Thune, Teddy Lehman on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Air Comfort Set Solutions text line, excuse me, available to you, 405-651-3439. I don't know why everyone on the text line is so curious about my long dormant baseball career, but there have been an inane amount of questions about my high school baseball days on the text line today. Huh. I don't really Fascinating. Feel, I, I, I don't really feel the need to dig into that because it's largely <laughs> irrelevant, but uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll dive into that tomorrow from Omaha. Uh, so going back to last segment, Teddy, I mentioned I had a question for you about one defensive back in particular heading into this season. And look, the Sooners are very, very deep in the secondary. They brought in Trey Morrison, the transfer from North Carolina, Kenai Walker from Louisville, C.J. Colden from Wyoming. In addition to all the incumbents, D.J. Graham, Jaden Davis, Woody Washington, Key Lawrence, Jordan Mukes, a couple of high-impact freshmen, guys that have potential to be immediate contributors if things break their way in Jaden Rowe and Robert Spears Jennings. But the guy I am curious about, Teddy, is the guy that's been here the longest. One of, I believe, two holdovers from the 2017 class that quite famously sent loads of talent to the NFL by way of Norman, Oklahoma. Guys like CeeDee Lamb, Kenneth Murray, Creed Humphrey, et cetera, et cetera. I'm talking about Justin Broyles, who is actually Mm -hmm. the highest-rated recruit in that class. Now, it took Broyles forever to find the field on a regular basis for Oklahoma, but last year in 2021, made some nice plays down the stretch, emerged as an emotional leader for that team on the defensive side of the ball, and now enters his sixth and presumably final season of college football. Homegrown kid, went to John Marshall High School up in Oklahoma City. Sooner born, sooner bred, sooner through and through. What is his role this year? What do you expect him to do in a secondary that, as I mentioned, is so, so deep with guys that are going to be vying for starting roles? Yeah, he's... I think he's um, right now. He's the leader in the clubhouse for the nickel spot, and you know he he played last year in that role and did a solid job. Uh, he's kind of carried that over. You know, he's in one of those those weird spots where they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna be trying to replace him at every turn, right? With like younger, it. more athletic, more explosive personnel, better playmaking personnel. But in college, it's sometimes it's hard to beat experience and consistency. And I think what you get from Broyles is is consistency. Um, that the interesting thing about where he plays is, in my opinion, in college football. That is the that's the swing position on a defense. That's what makes you bad, average, or great is your nickel. Uh, you can have you can have a great defensive line, and that's going to go a, a really long ways for you. But there's ways to counter a great defensive line. Right, you just get the ball out of the quarterback's hand really quickly. Throw bubbles, tunnels, um, you know, zone read stuff, RPOs. That's the way to negate a good defensive line. That's what a lot of teams do. 
and all almost all of those things are attacking the nickel you know because he's the he's usually the first defender that's displaced from the box that is in space so that's where they want to attack so it stands to reason that they they want better playmaking ability there they want better athleticism there they want some explosiveness they want versatility uh, but it's hard because that like i said is the position that's attacked so if you don't have consistent play then it's hard to trust anyone to play there i mean buki gets a ton of crap from ou fans and you know rightfully so for a lot of reasons but one of his strengths was he was incredibly consistent at being where he was supposed to be when he was supposed to be there. Didn't make a ton of great plays, wasn't blowing people up. Uh, I would rate him as a, a, a below-average tackler, but he didn't give up a ton of explosive plays at the position. And, like, that's kind of where we've been, where we've been with our nickel spot in recent years is we've had to make do with less explosiveness and playmaking ability and in favor of more consistency and guys that just don't absolutely kill you. And I think Justin Broyles falls within that role. Now, at some point, Venable's defense is going to create a nickel that is extremely versatile, and what I mean is a guy that's good against the run, physical in the run fit, good against the pass in coverage, uh, playing the, the the middle of the field there over the slot receiver, and a good blitzer uh, with, with speed, physicality, and good hands. There's going to be a guy that can do all those and do it con- with great consistency and understanding of the position. I just don't know who that is yet. And until they find that guy, I think it's going to be Justin Broyles. Yeah, I, I, and I would agree with you based on everything I've heard at the nickel spot. You're looking at probably Justin Broyles or Jaden Davis. Those are the two guys that are going to be in competition for that role to start fall camp at the very least. And one thing about Broyles, man, is you have to admire his stick to and his persistence because, to be honest, a lot of guys in his shoes would have transferred a long time ago. A guy that was very yeah. much in his same shoes, Robert Barnes, did elect to transfer and go to Colorado, somewhere where he could get more of an opportunity uh, to experience playing time and be a regular contributor. Justin Royals has had to work at every juncture for every inkling of an opportunity that he's been given at Oklahoma. He's done that. He's going on six years. I want to say, and correct me if I'm wrong on the text line, I want to say him and long snapper Casey Kelleher are the only holdovers from that 2017 team. Whew. So, there you yeah, go. That's dude. that's that's how long he's been around at the University of Oklahoma. A couple of old he, men. He uh, predates frankly. the Jordan era at Oklahoma. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. That's crazy. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll come back and wrap up our number two next. Stay with us. Opinions. You've got them. We want to hear them. Sound off 24-7, 365 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. 
Rush is back. Final segment, hour number two, hanging out at Newcastle Casino. I-44, exit 107 in Newcastle. Uh, I'm here at the Front Row Sports Bar. we got happy hour every day, 3 to 6. Some uh, good deals on domestics and $5 wells. Uh, again, uh, every day, 3 to 6, happy hour. We've got off-track betting. we got sports on. got the U.S. Open golf on right now. Really, really fun atmosphere. Come out and see us at Newcastle Casino. Uh, what do we have, Parker, on the text line? Anything interesting to jump into? Uh, okay, this is a question that opens up a can of worms, and I'd be curious to know your answer. Somebody simply asked, who was the last great OU nickel? Oh, man, this is really going to test my uh, my memory. I'm trying to think who was the uh, who was the nip- nickel on that 2017 team. Stephen Parker was safety. Um, man, for the life of me, I can't remember either. <laughs> I'm having a hard time remembering who who some of those guys were. Um, I, which you know, it it goes to show it's been a while since we've had. A real, uh, real game changer at that spot, um, and I'll say, I I believe those guys are rare um, to have to have all of those abilities and to be able to, you know, not give up big plays. Uh, you know, a, a lot of times playmaking comes down to. Uh, taking a risk and maybe leaving a responsibility to to create something not always and you know you can make a lot of plays doing things that you're supposed to do but at times you have to make a calculated decision and it's it's really hard to to weigh those and be able to bat with a really, really high percentage. Will Johnson, so, by the way, per the text line. David from Norman says it was Will yeah. Johnson that was the Will Johnson that was solid team. And, hey, by he, the way, you know who's had a really dang good nickel the last couple of years is Baylor. Jalen Petrie, one oh of the best God. nickelbacks, if not the best in the country over the last couple of seasons. He's one of, the, he's one of the best defensive players, period, in the country that didn't give near the accolades he should have. In my opinion, he's been the best defensive player in the Big 12 in a long time. He is unbelievable. Um, but th- that position, man, I'm telling you, that is, that's where the money's going to be made. If, if they can find a guy there that can change things, then um, that could really flip the defense quicker maybe than anything else. So I mean, there's been some dudes that have played there before, and – Frankly, I think Venables would like to get to a hybrid guy there, like someone like a Jaron Canick playing a spot like that. We've seen him do that in his defenses before where you have a super athletic linebacker that plays that role, and you can really get creative with the nickel and move them kind of all over the place. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number three is next.